Welcome to the newest installment of The Voice Speaks. I am Olufemi Nathan Oshako, Executive Director of Eternal Crown Ministries and host of this podcast. In keeping with the study of David's life, let's pick back up at 1 Samuel chapter 24. And I'll be covering the entire chapter today. The point I really want to drive home is that we have choices. So in this chapter, David and his men were in yet another stronghold. And Saul was able to get close to them again. At the end of 23, Saul and his men stopped chasing after David uh, around a mountain in Maun and went to go get the Philistines out of the land because they were attacking and raiding. This time, David and his men were, again, yet in another stronghold, this time, though, in the desert of Engedi. And Engedi means spring of a kid. So this place had a lot of hills and mountainous areas, and it was so steep that really goats were the only ones that could navigate it well. The place still is around. They've even found some documents there. I want to say as late as the 90s, but that's another story. The entire place was not a wilderness, hence spring. So if you got a spring, you got water. Uh, but where David and his men were camped was a more wilderness and barren area. So Saul got 3,000 of his best soldiers, elite soldiers, after dispatching the Philistines and came after David again. As they were doing that, they came along an area where uh, there was a sheep pen and there was a cave nearby. And Saul, being a natural man, uh, had nature calling after him. So he found a cave where he could discreetly relieve himself. While he was in that cave, he wasn't alone. David and his men were in that cave. They were farther back in that cave, though. And Saul, as he was taking care of what he needed to take care of, which obviously took quite some time because it was enough time for David and his men to have multiple discussions about Saul and about the situation. His men were like, look, David, God has put Saul in your hand. He has done as he promised and given your enemy over to you. This is perfect. This is the time you can take him out. God is putting Saul right where you can get him. Go ahead and, and take care of him. He is in a state of being compromised because of what he was doing. There was no way that he could fight David successfully because of everything that was going on. So David crept up and got real close to Saul so close that he could have taken him out but he didn't instead he cut off a piece of the bottom of Saul's robe 
did some research regarding this to see what the significance was and I wasn't able to verify some of the things that I saw out there. One thing said that Saul's uh, him had tassels that showed that he was the king so cutting off those tassels and cutting off that him cut off the part that that shows power and dominion and now David had it in his hand that's a great story and it very well could be true but I couldn't verify that one thing that I could verify though is that this is not the first time the hem of a garment or I shouldn't say first time but this is not the only time that you will hear about the hem of a garment being touched in the Bible and the importance of that when you think of the woman with the issue of blood who touched the hem of Jesus garment he immediately said who touched me he said that because the virtue went out of him now she did not touch him directly she just touched the hem of his garment but because his garment is attached to him it then becomes an extension of him likewise this garment was an extension of Saul so cutting off that him was an extension of, of cutting off and damaging him think about it this way clothes were very very valuable during that time Samson in his wager with the Philistines it was for 30 sets of clothes because clothes had value so by cutting off that him he is damaging something that's valuable to the king. Clothes are valuable. And then with him being the king, I'm sure that his clothes were of a much higher quality than the run-of-the-mill garments that everyone else wore. So in doing that and get going back to his post with his men, he felt bad about it. He was like, I, even though I did not physically touch him, I still harmed him by doing what I did. And he used the fact that he cut that off to hold his people at bay because they were like, look, man, we told you, God. I mean, it's obvious that God is giving him into your hand. Take him out so that we can stop all this running. We're going from this desert and this stronghold in this city and then fighting over here and helping people. And then them going to turn us over to the hands of Saul we can stop running and you can finally move into your destiny as king we are following you because we know you're going to be king we are with you because we know God is with you and he is showing that he's with you by putting you in this position to take Saul out Saul could have gone anywhere Saul could have been at any point but he's right here with you right now this has got to be God and this is why it is so important to know the difference between what seems right and what seems to be God and what God is saying specifically you have a choice a choice to go with what looks right or with what you know is right and with what you know to be right David said it would be evil to kill Saul. And he was convicted again just for cutting off that portion of his garment. Why? Because Saul was God's anointed. He was the king of Israel. 
he is the one that God selected first and foremost. No kings before him. Saul was the man that was chosen. God put him in that position. And regardless of what he was doing at that time, God still put him there. And David knew to honor the fact that God anointed him. The same man who anointed David is the same one that anointed Saul. And that was Samuel. David knew that when it's time, I will reign but I refuse to do anything to hasten that reign even though Saul was trying to stop the reign from happening would it really be wrong to kill a man that's trying to kill you in today's society as followers of Christ if you are following Christ most of us especially in the west we don't face this kind of attack in some of the other countries, yes, they are facing attacks where, uh, especially in countries that uh, have a Muslim reign, they're facing attacks where they're being maimed, they're being killed, they're being tortured for serving and worshiping God. We're, we're not there yet in the U.S. Not there yet. So for us, it may look more so like a character assassination you know someone talking bad about you well they're, they're talking bad about me you know so why shouldn't I defend myself and, and spread stuff about them you know that that's true no God is not telling you to do that now he's not saying to lay down and, and just take it either but put your energy towards the best outcome David said, I mean, David was talking real, real tough to Saul about this situation when he finally came out and still reverenced him. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. He still reverenced Saul. Man, David, being a man after God's own heart, really shows us how to handle things. David was upset, had some very choice words for Saul yet still reverence him by bowing down and saying these things in a prostrate position, honoring and respecting the man that God put in that position, the man who was his father-in-law and that he called father, even though that same man was trying to take his life. He told Saul, God, avenge me. I'm asking God to avenge me. I hope you get everything you have coming to you for hunting me down like a dead dog or a flea. I'm, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. And whoever's telling you that I'm after you, they're wrong. They are wrong. They are lying to you. Here's proof. I could have taken you out. I did not take you out because I don't want to harm you. I don't want to hurt you. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm just trying to live my life. And you keep making it miserable. Saul cried, boo-hooed hard. He was like, is that David? He was like, you're a better man than me. You're a better man than me. And, and what you're saying, I know to be true. And I know that God has called for you to be king. And then Saul's real motives came out. He, we knew that he was trying to take out David because he didn't want David to be king. That's a threat to not only Saul, but it's also a threat to his legacy. 
Remember that when David went first running and, and had to go live this outlaw lifestyle, that he told Jonathan, look, he's going to take your spot as king. Why was he concerned about that? It was because of Saul's legacy. He wanted his children and his name to, to continue to reign in Israel. But because of his actions, that could not happen. It not only impacted Saul, but it impacted his children and it impacted his legacy. So David, you know, he said everything he had to say. Saul was boohooing, crying, saying, you're right. You're better than me. I would have taken you out if I were in your situation. Um, just please don't kill my kids and then wipe out my name. And David had already made that promise to Jonathan. He then again made that promise to Saul that he wouldn't do that. Saul went about his way. David went to his stronghold. He could chill for a little bit. And we'll talk about um, how long that little bit lasted and, and what came about after that. The key thing, and like I said, the, the topic and the point I really, really want to drive home is that when you're faced with choices, you need to stick to what God says. Man may say something, but if God does not, don't go with it. Makes me think about the young and old prophet, uh, the story that's spoken of in 1 Kings 13. The young prophet had a word from God, went to Jeroboam, told Jeroboam what God said, and was bold enough to say that and then say after Jeroboam, the king of Israel said, please come and eat with me. No, I cannot eat with you. I would not eat with you even if I could. But God told me to go home. And that's what I'm doing. As he was going home, uh, the old prophet found out about what happened, wanted to sit down and talk with him, came and said, hey, come have dinner with me. He was like, nope, I got to go home. So he was doing the right thing. He was doing what God said to do. Then the old prophet um, pulled a fast one on him. Said, well, an angel uh, told me to come and, and tell you to come and have dinner with me. Well, why did you say that in the first place? Instead of just saying, hey, come to dinner with me. And the young prophet went with him. And because of that, it cost him his life. It doesn't matter the age or the position of someone. And it doesn't matter who they're saying said anything. The religion of Islam is here now because an angel spoke to Muhammad and gave him the things that he gave him. The Bible talks about, now I want to say it was Paul who says, if anyone comes to you preaching any other gospel, if any angel comes preaching a different gospel, they're a liar. Go with what God has said not what man has said not what some spiritual being has said if it's not the word of God if it is not what God has spoken to you doesn't matter who it is how much knowledge and wisdom they have how much power and influence they have no one has more power or influence than God stick with what he says Proverbs chapter 16 verse 25 tells us there's a path before each person that seems right but the end is in death don't do what looks right 
Don't do what feels right. Do what God says. Your way leads to death. God's way leads to eternal life. I want you to reminisce on the things that have looked right in your life before. Maybe, you know, it was a relationship choice that you wound up not being the the way to go. A purchase that you made. Maybe a place that you went to and you know you weren't supposed to be there. But you just thought, okay, well, yeah, this this seems good. This seems right, so I'm going to give it a try. And think about how that impacted your life. Now I want you to envision making choices that honor God because you know that this is what he has instructed you to do. And envision and desire for you to do Think about and, and, and meditate on and really daydream and, and see all the wonderful things that are accomplished in and through you because of making a choice to follow what you know God is saying. Selah, pause and think about this. If the Lord says the same, I'll be back with another installment of The Voice Speaks next week. Until then, God bless and keep it together.